This is the Cast. When we talk about the game, like Wednesday, um, you can't really give an infinity blocker to any skater, D or forward, because they're all completely checked out. So I, I'm getting the feeling, and I'm sure you are too, where we are going to be discussing this team in like a couple weeks when they're, you know, 10 games or whatever, 13 games removed from the end of the year. And we're going to be talking about how Thatcher Demko was the infinity blocker winner every single game leading up to that point, because it genuinely feels like he is the only reason they are in games win or lose. And it's, it's like, cause when I do my infinity blocker picks, like even in previous episodes, I'll always say the, the caveat or the asterisk is, you know, Demko's always unreal. He's always keeping the game in it. But when you get see games like Wednesdays where everybody is checked out, no one's trying to even attempt to win the game for their team. It's just Demko facing down shot after shot after shot with no effort whatsoever from the people in front of him. It's, it's hard and tough to imagine that in the next game, they're just going to suddenly turn it around and be like, Ooh, that was embarrassing. Let's figure it out. Cause we forget not three weeks ago or four weeks ago, whenever January was last year, uh, the team was having this happen every single game. Like they started every single game of this season, dropping 35 plus shots and getting just completely embarrassed. And last night, or sorry, two nights ago was basically a retread of that embarrassment. And man, they, the players are smart enough to know they are in deep shit of trying to even attempt to make playoffs. Uh, They see a performance like that in front of each other and they're like wow we have to work so hard just to even get to fourth place let alone <laughs> usurp montreal or, or winnipeg or edmonton or whatever like that's a lot of work and we have such a short runway to make that happen i mean anyways folks welcome to a new episode of the freeze cast uh, <laughs> this is therapy for all this of is us, therapy remember. this is cathartic therapy this i don't know if you've noticed this like i've listened i listen to a lot of podcasts at work and every single episode from like the local vancouver populace because everyone is of course assigned a podcast at birth and they just kind of inherit it as they age yes and everyone's been spitting a hot fire the last two weeks man everyone everyone's just so mad and frustrated and they're frustrated that the team in front of them after seven years is just so garbage and doesn't seem to have any trajectory that implies they're going to be better anytime soon or long-term. So all these podcasts, you know, like tip of the cap to everyone spitting hot fire and saying (laughs) the crap that we've been saying for the last like three weeks too, that just this team's no good. There's no direction the fucking GM had a press conference where he basically said he has no direction. He doesn't know what he's doing. And for whatever reason, there's a small portion of people that one solo podcast that attracts this certain group of people who think this is totally fine. I don't know why it makes no sense, but Oh no. Anyways, folks, Cody's off the rails. He's already, he's already yeah, lost like, it. He's already lost. I, his man. This is what I happens. was really happy to start this episode. Cause I was like, you know what? It's Friday. 
it's really gorgeous out today. And yesterday it was really nice out too. Like I could forget how awful that game was because it was so bad. It's immediately deleted from my memory banks. Weekends here. Uh, Comets games get canceled for pretty shitty reasons. We'll get into that later. But that's what that I was actually say, frees up my why, time. That, that's why you're mad. That's why like your his bad day started today with yeah. the comets uh having to postpone for covid reasons yes and now you're we're all feeling the brunt of it a little bit <laughs> yeah you're getting starts the show off on just a nice tangent you guys are getting me on my my tangent my tangential best because for those that don't know i post a lot of stats and charts and stuff that i spent like pretty much all last year working on to for uh my game recaps for the comets this year and you would think that I would be smart enough to keep uh, like uh, mathematical equations that account for game postponements and scheduling changes. But I didn't do that because I was amazingly optimistic that the season would go ahead as originally planned. So I have wow. to now go through like uh, a 50 tab workbook that I update after every single game and track data with and make sure it accommodates for the fact that tonight's game, Friday, was postponed and Saturday's game was postponed. Yeah, it, I, I'm very annoyed. and I can tell. I don't I know. The, the, the good thing is, though, if you're, watching, if you're not watching this on the uh, YouTube channel, uh, Lachlan is rocking the, <laughs> the literal best jersey in oh, hockey well, right now with the yeah yes turn around for, for anyone me. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, bend over uh, no don't say hell that. yeah don't get us yeah he's got oh, the geez. gibson wild wing jersey which if you don't know what the wild wing jersey is like oh, you gotta look it up it is gorgeous. a monstrosity of 90s culture and it is amazing <laughs> that adidas it, decided this was the reverse retro that the duck should go with it's it literally incredible. looks like it literally looks like that jazz cup you know those water cups that the the with like the teal and like uh like purple design on it that's literally yeah, what yeah. this is only this time they put the they put <laughs> the mascot on the yeah. on the front of the jersey crashing through ice honestly yeah. like as soon as i saw that jersey i was like i don't i am yeah. absolutely getting this even if yeah. that's even if that meant i had to not get like a different jersey or something i was like yeah Oh, I need this. I absolutely need this in my in my collection. It's my favorite jersey. I've been looking for a reason to wear it. Completely forgot to when the whole Disney ESPN thing happened on Tuesday. Or, or like Tuesday the rumor episode, happened. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I can't believe I didn't wear it. So now I'm wearing it today. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing it today because we have actual details on that. But um, obviously we're going to get into the Canucks stuff, uh, that whole Canucks game, yeah. and then set up their, their road trip, their roadie here. Um, yeah. And not to start off the show by, I guess, asking the uh, more mundane question here, but I wanted to, you were telling me before the show about the whole, you were setting up uh, like your game, you have your game sheet set up for postponement, uh, mm -hmm. not for postponements and everything. I actually wanted to ask you like how, how specifically, like how does having a game change from one day to the next? Like how does that actually change the way that you do your statistics? So a lot of my uh, spreadsheets are spread up or split up. Like there's a, uh, a tab for like the schedule. There's a tab for on ice events. There's one for the goalies, like how that happens. And they're all kind of tangentially related to each other. So 
if the dates change on two of them or one of them's listed as postponed and not necessarily scheduled for the future, my formulas have to calculate on ice events to off off ice events. But if there's a postponement, it just kind of registers as a zero. And that oh, so screwed- it tracks them automatically. It does it for you. You don't have to actually like say, yeah, like I have formulas that like, yeah, so oh, like okay. I have formulas that like like will take whatever information from like the schedule and I'll just input like what the final score was or whatever. But Oh, I assumed you were just doing it like by mostly like freehand and you were just kind of having to go through each individual and do it all yourself. I actually so that's a that's a lot I that sounds like a lot less work. It's a lot of I- formula like changing which like I'm an Excel geek so like I'm totally fine with it. And so fortunately, cool. my day at work was very slow. Hopefully, my bosses aren't re- watching this or listening to this right <laughs> now. But today was slow at work, fortunately. So I was able to hammer through a lot of the little nitty gritty to ignore postponed games in uh, like they're called uh, index and match functions. And just changing all that to include postponements, it, it was a nightmare. But it gave me in the process, the idea to create a game score worksheet. So you can look forward to that at my work at cometsharvest.com. There'll be game score cards, which will be kind of like, uh, I think it's natural stat trick does something like this, or maybe it's Jay fresh on Twitter. I can't remember, but I love his like at just the aesthetic hockey, of it. Yeah. 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 And I just love the aesthetic of it. And I was like, man, I can do that probably with this. It won't have expected goals because uh, the AHL like literally does not track anything outside of shots goals and penalties like it is horrendously it's outdated it's i, I really mean the bizarre. nhl just kind of got in a way just kind of got there not in the well they probably had like they've had that those numbers internally but they only yeah but they've never made it um, as public, public as they do now yeah. so that and that's relatively like within like the last what two three years like that's new yeah it's so very the recent the AH, so it doesn't surprise me that the ahl doesn't do anything yeah. like that yet but um, no ice. They time. might. Like, they might that's, someday. That's tough. That's, no, that's the no ice time thing is like the hardest yeah. thing, and honestly, one I of the bi- biggest things you can glean from my work. I, I thought AHL TV actually showed time on ice because I feel like no. I remember having those. <laughs> Maybe thought, back in the day, for like for a little bit. When I was covering the Barracuda, I thought I did have those. Like, uh, maybe you had Maybe access to proprietary nuts. information because maybe, maybe I they did. definitely maybe don't I have the... allow access to that now. And if they do, I, I do. Like, have what if sitting in a, in a what in if a box. Uh, what if after all this time there was just like a box I wasn't ticking, and like you could look up the time <laughs> on ice, and I was just the only person who like hadn't ticked it, so I just been like screwing myself the entire you, time. You you accidentally clicked through one of those like those pop up bubbles, like hey this doesn't show time on ice. Do you want to proceed? <laughs> yeah, and you're just no, like, oh no, my god, no. ignore, ignore, ignore. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you're just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're in the same way that we're kind of just trying to get rid of this Canucks game, Canucks Habs game out of our own heads right now. Yes, I mean, Cla- as you can tell by our topic of conversation, we have starting no interest. with mathematical equations. Please <laughs> yeah. don't turn us off. Yeah. Um, Send in your Excel questions, folks. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, please. Uh, I will not be fielding any of those. Um, yeah. I will erase those immediately. Yeah. Um, Excel. Excel is uh, like what goaltending is to me. <laughs> oh how Ooh. dare you i had to razz you a bit there that is that is awful. Uh, especially total side point demco played total side point did you see quadrelli's like tweet about goaltending today 
it was I really funny. I, I thought I thought of you instantly, and I was like, uh, I wanted to tweet uh, out like a so little cute. raz because I was like, I was gonna be like, oh quads, why don't you and Locke just start your own goaltending podcast, and me and me and Faber will be left alone in the in the streets oh in the gutters. Oh my god, it's really funny. But um, I, I I'll have to check it. I'll have to check it out uh, yeah. after the show's over. It's it was uh, very on brand for him, and I felt it was very on brand for you because it was very it's a very funny little goaltending tweet. Uh, okay. Anyway. Sorry, folks. We just really, it's, really do not want to talk about that Wednesday game because it was, it was, it was bad. so bad. It was on. <laughs> it didn't start until eight p.m. Because yeah, I don't know why. Like, uh, I think the so I think the official reason is there was. I think it was the Oilers were playing. I want to say, uh, poof, who was Ottawa? I want to say they were playing Ottawa beforehand on like the Wednesday night hockey game. So, yeah. and, but, but also for some reason they decide because it was, they decided to drop the puck at 4 PM Eastern time on that game or no, like 5 PM Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, it was some kind of regulation thing where it's like, they couldn't play two games at the same time or, or overlapping at the same time or something. It was really bizarre which, which like i get the whole staggered start times thing which the nhl has been atrocious at in the past but i like the well there's there's been a couple this year the scheduling has been very weird and the canucks actually haven't ha, haven't noticed it all that it hasn't been noticeable from the canucks standpoint all that much this year um one team that definitely i know has been affected a bunch of times is winnipeg because they had games yeah, yeah. they had like multiple games where it went on hockey night in canada which would start at 7 p.m. our time, which mm. of course means the game wasn't actually starting in Winnipeg until nine, which is extremely late to start yeah. a game to, to start a game when you're the home team. Like that's like that's bonkers. And now you have and now the Canucks finally really got affected by it, where they had a game start at 8 p.m. And I don't think that really affected uh, the course of play, like their the play or anything. Um, uh, especially considering, you know, if anyone would have a reason to complain about a later start time, it's Montreal having yeah. just gotten acclimatized, of course, to the West Coast uh, time zone and everything. Jet lag's a real issue, mm-hmm. but um, they came out flying, and the Canucks just didn't. The Canucks looked lost. They looked tired. They looked tired. They uh, looked bad, <laughs> and they were they were just not up to the challenge. And it, it, it like it's almost an ab- exact repeat of what happened the last time the Canadians came to town. The Canucks squeak out a shootout win on the first game, and then just get completely just roasted over the spit in the second. And I mean, it's hard to it's it, I would I would want to say it's not, but the 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 one difference being is that they're not coming into this game. They didn't come into this game playing a team that was playing the best hockey of their, of their entire time. They're coming up against a coach, a team that just fired their coach that yeah. uh, just not been playing all that inspired, except for a few just blowout wins against like the jets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't playing. The Habs weren't playing particularly well this time around before they got here. Uh, evidence just being proven in that first game. Yeah. And yet they they completely just took over. They took over, yeah. and it was not a, and it was just never a game. By the time I think it was the Shea Weber, uh, the Shea Weber just slap shot. I think put him up three to one or something. Or even when it was time. even when it was two nothing. Like when Corey Perry scored, it genuinely felt like the team was just deflated and had nothing to offer. Like 
the team just like after the first period they were getting killed and it was like okay like is it going to be one of those nights where Demko steals them a game then Kak and Yemi scores and you're like uh, okay <laughs> and then Corey Perry scores and it's like a really nifty goal and you're like ooh going to be worse than a Demko uh, stonewalling it's going to be a shellacking with Demko still putting the team on his back as best as he can yeah and oh it just kept he, getting worse from there. And even Demko wasn't, I would say, particularly good uh, during mm. that during that game. Like he was, like he was okay, but he wasn't like I wouldn't say necessarily he was like show stopping the way he's been in a couple of the like the past games. Like right. the like obviously the one on uh, the one on uh, Monday, the Toronto game, was, yeah. yeah. And then the couple of the Toronto games where he was just like truly dominant. And this one. Yeah. Obviously, 889 save percentage isn't great, uh, but... But that doesn't reflect, like, the dominance or, like, just the shot metrics, really, that clearly favored the Canadians. Oh, yeah, fatigue is a a thing. I mean, the guy was getting peppered the entire night. 45 shots on net is (laughs) not something you want to be giving up on a regular basis, especially... Yeah. Uh, especially when you're relying so much on your goaltender already as it is. It's yeah. one thing to have one of those games, to have that be a rare off night for your group. It's another thing when you are letting that happen on such a regular basis that you're just, it, that's how you very quickly, uh, like gas a goaltender. You really need to, you really need to suppress the shot, the shot, the, the chances that you're giving to the opposition, and especially considering that that's just the ones that actually made it on net, but doesn't include any of the ones that say went wide or hit the post or something right. like that. Those could, the, the amount of actual shot attempts is probably a fair amount higher, which then 45, which is not, which is unacceptable for a game where you're playing like 60, a 60 minute game. That means you're probably close to about a shot a minute, which is not good. Not, it's, it doesn't say anything great, no. even especially considering that, you know, the defense, the Canucks defense is relatively healthy right now. They're not yeah. they're not missing anybody important on the blue line. They're there and yet they're and that that whole group is just looking oof, not not great. They're not looking great. Oof sums it up pretty well. Like that was I mean, the asterisk also like still like they were still without Patterson, like you know, team had a pretty good run with Miller at sea and had a lot of people thinking like is this the is this the resurgence of the team with Miller at center? And then, you know, you have Horvat and Pedersen as centers too. And like, could this be a new look to the, to the top nine that like, you know, pushes the team over the edge and lets them go on a significant enough run that they are actually in contention for a playoff spot. And they had the few games. <laughs> they, 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 uh, unfortunately, they, played uh, above the, they punched above their weight class for a couple games, which was nice to see. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately it, it, didn't hold for this game against Montreal. Miller was frustrated. He looked like he wanted to leave. He got in a weird fight with Ben Sherratt out of nowhere. Oh, I was just like mad. It was very weird. I was just like, Oh my God. No, like that. If you're, I, I get that he's upset, but that to me was the work was his worst decision in terms of just like playing poorly and just like showing bad, like, um, Showing bad, like bad, um, um, oh, I can't, I judgment. can't words right now. Judgment. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he, <clears throat> he, he really just, he took on this fight with Schrott, big guy. Schrott's a, Schrott's a big, Schrott's a big customer. And 
he and I'm just thinking like there are so many other players I would rather who took this on right now than you especially considering you're missing Pedersen already like you can't you you do not want your stars going getting into a fight like that uh when you're already kind of shorthanded because again we talked about this on the very last episode I just see a situation happening where oh actually this happened on this play Sharat got hurt because he broke his i think he broke yeah he broke his, his he like he broke bro- his well, we don't know if he broke his hand but he like hit his hand hard enough on miller's, on miller's helmet. helmet that he had to leave yeah. and, and he rocked miller too like if if he hit him on the chin we aren't talking about like the team shitty play we're talking about how miller got concussed out. because yeah. he was mad yeah and that's like, like, that's so bad that's and I, I I know things happen in the I I will give the past being that things happen in the heat of the moment where you're upset and something just sets you off and you just kind of go into that like forget this I'm gonna just I'm gonna just try and wail on somebody to yeah, yeah. make myself feel better you know or like this is a good to, way to vent to try and spark the, to try and spark my group I get that that happens in the heat of the game but. Yeah. I mean, that was a staged fight, wasn't it? Like that was right off the face-off. Yeah, it was. So there was, it was nothing totally a staged there. fight. They get, they one, neither got anything out of it. Yeah, there was no reason for that fight to happen. It's again, if the, if you're say telling me, oh, Miller got hit by Sherratt a little higher than he likes, and he's mad about it, and he goes and challenges him to a fight for some reason for, and that's the side he wants to go. I'm a little bit more like, oh, that happens. Like that's a yeah. that's a that's a heat of the moment thing. But when you're like, I'm going to do this to spark my team and take the face off. And I just worry about not so much that I think he looks bad doing it. Just the, I am so concerned that you're going to get hurt on this fight that you didn't need to take on. And yeah. and you could have let somebody else deal with if you really needed to. And that's why, like, as long as the NHL allows fighting, there's always going to be room for somebody who's going to drop the gloves because it shouldn't be your top players ever. You'd never want yeah. them going into that. And especially just seeing what happened to Sherratt, uh, we're very, very lucky that Miller didn't get hurt. That didn't get hurt, especially cons- when you look at the the lines the Canucks were playing with today in, uh, in practice, oh, which man. Uh, was uh, a sight to behold. I will, I will leave it at that. Those oh. were something out of like a comedy, man. Like that fourth yeah. line, Erickson, yeah. McEwen, and uh, Rafferty or Sautner. Ashton Sautner, like like defenseman (laughs) on the fourth line. (laughs) Oh, I mean, that happens. Like, you know, sometimes you all of a sudden you're out like all your forwards and you need a defenseman to come in last second and you throw him on forward or whatever. Like Biega, that happened to him all the time because he actually could forecheck, even though it was completely reckless as a defenseman, but he knew how to do it. Yeah, uh, I always talk about Keith Ballard scoring a goal in the one game that he played as a as a as a as a forward. Yeah, uh, so it's possible, though. but like I think as as our my earlier tangent stated, like after seven years, uh, the depth that you've created and procured, uh, it's it's down to two defensemen on your fourth line, like. That's I I know there's injuries to like Mott and Bailey, but they're yeah even they're then, depleted right now. That's it. That's all you I got. Mean, <laughs> I mean, you also have to factor in obviously Michael Furlan's not here. Uh, whether or not he was ever going to play this season, which I mean, I think he's his career's done. Uh, that is that is uh, you can argue one of those 
uh, if he were healthy, we'd have him right now. We would have an extra right. forward of NHL experience and caliber. So there's that. Obviously, Mott hurts, uh, and Pedersen goes without saying. And then, yeah, you're missing. You're missing guys like uh, you're missing guys like um, Justin Bailey, and you're missing uh, you're missing those those guys. And then I guess Beagle and Sutter, Sutter. were both yeah. out today. Sutter apparently just had the day off, which is like, I mean, there's two things you can, you can take from that one. He, his groin is obviously like a huge issue. The last few seasons he's had issues where he's torn his groin mid season after being, I don't know, working too hard or skating too hard or whatever. The other thing is, are they holding him out because they might be in trade talks with someone? That's the only other thing I can think of. They don't want to hurt him, but it's just a practice. So the only- yeah, that's my, that's where I think that would fall apart is just, I don't think you'd hold, you'd ever hold them out of a practice for worry of a trade. A game is one thing, a practice. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I, I would say that your first theory is more likely of the two, yeah. it's but it's like, that- why does he get a day off? Probably, I mean, terrible. injury would be my, I, I would think it's just an injury or maintenance, well, maintenance day. Uh, which right. means that guy's still not doing necessarily at a hundred percent, which is yeah. not which is not great. And also, but uh, at the same time, like he'll probably come back and play in the game on Saturday against Edmonton. So maybe maybe it's not. We'll we'll see what happens then because I think they'll yeah. have morning skate tomorrow and we'll have a better idea of what they're looking at. Yeah. Um. But I mean, Beagle's an interesting one because he's not shown any. Uh, oh, and Roussel was not in the practice either. Roussel as well. That's, That's right. the other one. That's the other big one. We're missing because so their entire for, like fourth line basically. Yeah. So for anyone who wasn't who hasn't seen the tweet, Thomas Durant tweeted out the the, the lines. Uh, the lines in the bottom six were uh, Michaelis, Godet, and Howard Luck on line three, and then line four we already said, which was McEwen centering Erickson and Rafferty with Sautner being the extra skater. So. Yeah, they're playing very, very, very shorthanded. And, well, or at least in practice anyway. And, I mean, again, I said this in the last show, uh, this division is so bad that you could very easily probably still win a couple games with as bad <laughs> as yeah. bad looking as a bottom six as that is. It would be very be Canucks of them to win with a bottom six of Erickson, McEwen, and Rafferty. Yeah, and I bet it, they would score like two of the goals too, because that's just the way things go. In other words, get your uh, your line nickname submissions in now while you got yeah. while you, while you, start start picking them out. Yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, who knows? I mean, I again, I don't think this is ne- it. Definitely, the center depth hurts big time. I mean, Godet always is depth is always a good third op- a good option for your third line. Yeah, if they can uh, shelter the, him, like that line could probably do work because that's a very speedy third line. That yeah, could probably actually work. I, I do like the look of that third line. It's not uh, obviously the the only question being mostly is the experience at the NHL level yeah. how they're going to do, especially with Edmonton, which is a team that has a lot of speed to match and a lot uh, of experience in their bottom six too. Absolutely, like they have Turris uh, as their third line center. So if you're matching up those two, that's yeah as big a step tough. back as kyle turris has taken like he's still a very he's still much like a serviceable nhl like a nhl forward so yeah. you can't go wrong whereas here with michaelis and howard like both are playing have not played a lot of hockey this year a lot of nhl hockey this year and so they're you know they're getting their time 
they're going to get their time here and they're going to get it in the they're going to really get a uh, trial by fire here um I'm kidding that fourth line is the more concerning one especially considering McEwen has spent most of his nhl tenure playing wing i don't i can't remember the last time McEwen played a game at center it's been even in the enough. ahl even in the ahl he never played center he was always a winger you for you know brendan woods or cam darcy when i was watching and i think when they when they signed him from the QMJHL and they, his first season, they transitioned him to the wings. They thought he'd be more effective. He was still a big body and he has like experience doing face-offs, but I mean, not to the extent where you'd be like, yeah, this guy's going to be a, an, an NHL center with his experience. Like that's just like not how it should work. Yeah. Maybe you get Erickson I mean, as the center. Why not? Erickson is the center. I, again, I'm going to put it out there. Erickson is defenseman. Give him a shot. Kay. He might be the next Brent Burns. You never I, know. I, okay. This is what I would say. So you flip Eric, on left wing, flip Erickson. No, you can't skate. He'll, he'll be, <laughs> he'll be a seventh D no matter what. Uh, you throw Erickson on your right pair with Jordy Ben. Okay. And then you move McEwen to the left wing and then you have your center as, I don't know, make Jace Howard look the center or something. And you still have Rafferty or Sautner as your third line right winger. But you know who slides up into your fourth line right wing? Or sorry, you know who slides up your third line right wing and you put Howard Luck on the, the third line or the is fourth it, line? Is it Quinn? You put Tyler Myers as your oh. third line right winger with Godette and Michaelis. Oh, because I, I Actually, he can chew hey. minutes. He's a big body. He plays basically <laughs> like a forward anyway. I mean, he, he's seen what it takes to be a forward at the NHL level because he used to he play on the Jets. All the time. He does it all the time. And he used to play on the Jets where they used to play Dustin Bufflin as a forward because they would be screwed by injuries or whatever. So he knows what it would mean to have to flip to a completely different role. And he's got I, a good shot, and he has decent enough offensive instincts when he's carrying the puck. So I think he'd actually be pretty good as like a third line forward, skating and defensive work at all. It would be like you wouldn't even notice the switch. I I'm not gonna lie, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. That <laughs> maybe it's just the fact that this season is and this quarantine has made our brains melt. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That honestly tracks so much because <laughs> honestly isn't like correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Tyler Myers strike you as a person who was made to be a defenseman when he was a kid just because he's tall? Like oh, 100%, yeah. 100% a guy who got thrust into a defensive role when he was playing minor hockey because a yeah, coach was like he was oh, six foot four tall. yeah he or, was six foot well, four at seven or at 15 or 16 years old right and they were like oh you should be a defenseman yeah and like it was I'll, like oh okay there are and there are there are lots of cases of that like especially in the older demo like i mean i think somebody's made the case before that like mitch marner should have been a should have been a defenseman uh somebody said that i think once about uh marner was that he he was a guy who got stuck as a forward because he's uh because he's short uh and <laughs> hey honestly yeah why not tyler myers is exactly a guy who in theory would actually do probably decently as a yeah. as a as a temporary fit on that uh on that forward group because yeah he's very he's tall 
he he and he definitely likes to take his chances coming in close yeah. and making stuff at even at complete disregard to what's going to what might Did happen he, going back the other way he Honestly, drives the not? net better he shot. drives to the net better than vertanen does yeah, like he does so why not like fuck <laughs> it who cares go for it who go for it this game these okay, games here. are this Here's is even great. bigger. That's a genius idea. Although Here's I do also brain. want to say Quinn Hughes could would be a great would be a great forward too. But that's yeah. we already knew that. We already knew okay. that. Here's bigger brain because I'm looking at the lineup oh, no. and I'm realizing it doesn't make sense. But I think you're. I feel like you're about to you're about to go one too far here on your good no ideas, no. This this will still say... work. So you put Myers on your third your third line right wing with Godet and Michaelis, right? You move Howerluck down to the fourth line C because he's got NHL experience and he's actually played center before. So you can keep McEwen on the right wing and then you keep Erickson as a forward on the left wing. And then you actually get Brogan Rafferty on a pair with Jordy Ben and you actually get a decent look with him because he can actually score and plays exactly like Myers as that risk taker, but he's not big. <laughs> and so it will be kind of like a neg negligible difference. But... Tyler Myers actually knows how to drive to the net at the NHL level and Rafferty can. So keep him on the D side of things where he can kind of play it safe. Whereas Myers, you just take the reins off and say, have at her. We got your, your shorter version on the second pair with Jordy Ben right now. So you'll be okay. And especially with Rafferty who, I mean, we joke that he's not really a rookie cause he's an older guy. Yeah, he's 48 uh, years old. He's 48. But, um, like we joke that yeah we joke about that but i mean he is developing so i don't know how good an idea it is to necessarily throw him in forward while you've been working yeah. this whole time to develop his defensive game all of a yeah, sudden yeah. it's like okay yo all that stuff we've been teaching you forget put all that out of the window throw all that out the window for for yeah. uh, for one night yeah. um whereas with myers he's done it long enough that it's well as instinctual as it can get it's like you're not going to worry that if you throw tyler myers out at a forward he's going to uh, he's gonna forget how to do the 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 part the main part of his job, particularly because it's almost identical to what he already does. So and it's and it's go not gonna change it. the it's not gonna change the team's opinion on him either. Like they yeah. they decided when they signed him, we were comfortable with five years, thirty million dollars, right? They were they were key. They don't care if he sucks as a forward. They're like, well, doesn't matter. We still got three more years to go. That's honestly right? it doesn't such, matter. Like, that's such that is such big brain thinking and this i this is friday that. brain I, thinking <laughs> i love that i love the idea of throwing Ty, uh tyler myers on like your third or fourth line just yeah we're in such a this season's weird as it is like yeah keep it weird gonna, dude. make it even a, weirder it is such a fever dream we're all gonna forget what happened in this season by <laughs> like november so go for yeah. it why not? why not let's let's see what happens who knows you might accidentally create like we might accidentally create just a sudden great bottom six forward <laughs> okay so here's here's like all the sugar that i've had in the last 10 minutes kicking in uh -oh. so dream scenario oh. myers actually does play as a forward and then they ask travis green post game because because uh tyler myers scored two goals as a forward and he gets our infinity blocker and they're like travis what was the call behind making Myers a forward? And uh, he looks at the, at Jay Pat and he says, well, I said, uh, let's get weird. Let's get weird with it guys. And then the Canucks start selling shirts that say, let's get weird with a picture of Travis green with like, 
like Albert Albert Einstein hair, like out looking crazy. And then the like team Doc goes on Brown. like a set. Yeah, yeah. The Doc Brown hair, and they go on like a seventeen and zero run because that's what would happen in the dream world. Future, and that's the world future, I want to live in. Future Selkie winner Tyler. Myers. Yes. Here we go. He's not. I a, think, he is neither a center nor a top nor a top six forward. But here we go. He's gonna win his Selkie right here. I think I said that on like one of our first episodes of the podcast uh, when it came to the questionable MVP Hart Trophy voting. I I messaged Patrick Johnson of the province and said, "Hey man, are you gonna ro- vote Roman Yossi for a Selkie because he kept playing forward?" Oh yeah. Speaking of defense playing forwards. Roman Yossi last season played a shit ton as forward. Oh, I didn't. Re- I actually didn't know that. I didn't know he played that. I didn't pay enough yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, because they're down the stretch. I don't know if it was an injuries thing or if it was like because they're Nashville and they're just loaded on defense that they were actually capable of playing Yossi as like a top six forward. That's how good he was playing last season for them offensively. And yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, was, he's the epitome of a yeah. rover. Like, if you were, yeah. like, if you want so to talk worked. like old positions, rover, like the rover was, of course, like the one kind of was the one part that didn't make it over to you know modern hockey, which is just like having that sixth guy who uh, kind of just does a little bit of both, like a little bit yeah. of everything. Uh, yeah, like Roman Yossi is about as close to a modern rover as you get, and I mean, I would say Quinn Hughes is kind of in that same category as well, just mm-hmm. not to that, maybe not to that level yet um but uh yeah i mean tyler i mean sure why not let's see if uh let's see if tyler myers can get something going uh if he gets that opportunity i did want to ask you about hughes speaking of hughes and awards uh i did see people making the argument again today they were talking about the like oh he's not how hughes is not a a norris candidate and everything and i mean technically the way he's played defensively they are right but also the way (laughs) that the way that um uh the uh writers usually vote on the norris he totally is he's totally yeah yeah exactly ability to win he's totally within it it's totally within reason for him that he might win even though even though yeah he has not been all that great in his own end um although right now i think the leader in points by defenseman is jeff petrie Petrie. yeah and he's earned them all against the canucks nine points in seven games oh wow yeah 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 heartbreaker heartbreaker but hey he he's earned them he's he's earning it he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna earn his keep there for sure um as far as the last game is concerned uh what did you think of like what did you think of brock besser he had the one goal he had the one goal he had their only goal it was a nice shot i mean again he's been it was a good slapper can he's doing what he can without uh without pd right now yeah, he's like I think we said after the Toronto game where they won, it was like, yeah, Besser's there, leading MVP. He's the only reason they're in games alongside Demko. Like he's doing his best to score for this team and help them win. I didn't really like outside of that slap shot goal, like which was kind of rare because usually he takes that extra second to settle it. Like you rarely ever see like a slap shot from him. Um, I don't know. He's fine. <laughs> Like it's, it's tough to it's tough to say because it's like the team got killed. So the whole it's, team it, looked, yeah. they looked lethargic. They look like they could they'd rather be anywhere else. So it's hard to sit here and be like, oh yeah, Besser looked great because it's like reality. One player looked great and he still led in five goals. Right. So yeah, whole, yeah, Dem, yeah. Demko's your like yeah, Demko's your best guy and he's like still far and away like the, the guy that was the difference maker and it didn't even matter. Yeah, like with hard didn't matter. 
yeah now it comes and now it comes down to uh how much do you start demko on this road trip especially now because it's <laughs> it, it wasn't like he was necessarily looking fatigued himself against uh montreal they were just throwing so many it was more of a you know they're throwing so many shots at him that it took that a you know of five were you know five went in sort of thing like he there were a couple goals that i think he'd want to have back but it wasn't again wasn't like he was playing like awful or anything right no um and i guess now like you have edmonton as your last game uh you got edmonton as your last game at home uh before you head on the road for four next week against ottawa and montreal um and i guess you know i i feel like you gotta probably start holpy maybe half of those i just uh not because not because necessarily you he's earned he's earned that opportunity but just because you have two against the senators who you've already crushed multiple times this year yeah. uh maybe they're not the walk in the park they were at the start of the season uh <laughs> but still i do think i it would be it would be wise of you to not play demko in at least one of those games just to kind of give him some rest probably the first one and then the yeah. Montreal games on the 19th and 20th obviously are a back-to-back. -back. So I guess you probably throw him in on that Saturday game, just uh, hope he in on that Saturday game just so you uh, keep him fresh. Because, I mean, you, it showed last time what good can come out of playing Hopi in a game where you even even if you've got a guy coming off a shutout, if, you, yeah. if you're going into a back-to-back -back situation, they, that was the right call proven at the end of the day of hey we need him for the two games against toronto coming up we're much better off holding off and giving him those games instead they they probably go demko demko holtby then demko starts the first half of the back-to-backs that's that's my guess because mm -hmm. if he takes the monday ottawa game off then he has three games between the ottawa game and yeah it's an okay rest but it's not like much but well, Three it's about as much as you're then... going to get it this season. So, I mean, that's like that would be as if you, you yeah. if you think about it that way, like that would be one of their lar his longest breaks in between. Or sorry, games, frankly, uh, not, sorry, not the first of the back to backs, but he gets the back half of the Montreal series. So he faces the like the back end of the Montreal. So he gets four days off, and then he oh comes you'd want to like fresh. So he'd start he'd miss the Wednesday Ottawa game and the Friday Montreal game. And he would start Saturday, so and that rather... probably gives them the best chance of winning. So you give you, you give Holtby two back to, uh, back to back start. You you give him so you give Holtby the first game on the nineteenth and the seventeenth on yeah. uh, in Ottawa. Interesting. Okay, because I yeah, yeah so because I, I mean again I'd go the opposite where I'm more looking at a situation where I would want to go because you're gonna play him to, on tomorrow or I guess tonight when you're li uh, for everyone listening to this today. Uh, against the Oilers. Yeah, today um against the oilers so you just give him that ottawa game so that you don't and then you sit him on the first ottawa game so he's got that three days off in between that one comes back to play the next two against ottawa and montreal and then you give will be the second game back because then you come home for two against winnipeg uh to i believe or to right before you get another six days off so that's their big break their one big week long break this year so I don't. I I think that's probably in your better interest, uh, long term. To kind, of, it gives them a yeah. few more games and it splits them up a little bit more evenly. I would say so. That's the way yeah. I would go. But I don't. Uh, but we will see how Travis Green decides to go about it. <laughs> maybe maybe he throws Ashton Sautner in net because he feels like fuck it. 
I literally, hey, I literally, I literally said today, uh, I have an idea on how to get Michael DiPietro, Michael DiPietro some games. I think that's, uh, <laughs> throw him on right wing. Let's go. Hell yeah. Get oh man, that would be that like, just absolutely torch the kid's development and be like, all right, kid, you're not playing any games of at goalie. How's your defensive legs? What? <laughs> hey, they, hey, they say your goalie has got to be your bit, your best defenseman. So why not? Ooh. Like. He, yeah, he might, he might, <laughs> might, might be a, might do in a pinch. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that probably wraps up the, the talk of the game and the Canucks. So why don't we get into some NHL action? Sure. Obviously, as we kind of alluded to earlier, I was very irritated to start my day because the AHL uh, suspended. Though. Well, yeah, this is true. Um, <laughs> for those that don't know, I'm generally a very irritated person. Uh, it's just the way yeah. I go. Uh, but very, when he I big times me all the time, like I'll be like, Hey, you want to record? And he's like, how dare you? Like we record I, on my time. I, uh, yeah. Whenever he asks, my latte first, whenever he asks, I just block him instantly. And then when I feel I like make, recording, like, I, dummy unblock him. I just have to make like dummy <laughs> accounts to like get yeah. a hold of him. <laughs> hey, you just send me three letters. Just PLS, please, please. Regarding your previous please do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my the favorite. AHL uh had an incident where binghamton played an ice hockey game without having all of their test results back which is as we know from experience is fucking brilliant just the smartest dudes running that league and running their teams and uh the exposure required them to cancel the game after the first period um yeah brilliant dudes just the smartest people so out of like a an overabundance of caution because i guess binghamton had played syracuse or rochester um on that night and the comets were supposed to play syracuse rochester this weekend they said let's reschedule and give everyone a week off to try and make sure there's nothing serious there's no like it's false positives and everything can resume as normal but that uh dicey moment has resulted in the Comet schedule getting delayed by a week, so they don't return until next Friday now against one of Rochester or Syracuse. It doesn't matter. It's always the same two teams that they play. It's very tiring to watch, but anyway, just yeah. like shaking my head. Like when I read that tweet from Binghamton saying, out of caution, we're going to cancel the game. It's like, yeah, good job. Like you're you're punishing yourself for doing your job fucking three hours late why are you playing without test so that, results how are the do you you enjoy those 20 minutes you uh you wasted there <laughs> yeah like, would you learn was it did you learn it? anything about your prospects no yeah. okay huh. like huh. what are you thinking like how huh. how have like it was it was the 11th so yesterday patrick johnson of the province had a great story recapping his day the earth stood still moment uh when he was in arizona and uh it was the the year anniversary of when rudy gobert tested positive for covid and every single league started shutting down wholesale and getting their players back into their respective homes uh for the great great long shutdown where no one knew what was going to come next and I do not know how we are here several, like almost half a year after, or I don't even know when it was the world series where that dude yeah. comes onto the, the, or gets 
taken out of the game because he tested positive and is allowed to go back on the field to celebrate with his team. Like how has the NHL not learned or their affiliated leagues, the AHL not learned that you cannot play hockey without completed test results that say all of our players are COVID free. It is such a, a dereliction of duty to of, of care to their players, to the league itself to like all these owners of AHL teams who are basically losing money just to ensure they can have a product that can be broadcast on radio or AHL TV so that they have a chance of retaining uh, season ticket holders for next year. Uh, the Syracuse owner, uh, Howard Dolgan basically said as much, like, I don't expect to make any money this year. It's just about icing some kind of product so that I can go to season ticket holders at the end of the season and say, see, we're still doing what we can to field a product. Please come back next year when we can have you in the, in the stadium. So how, how is Bingington allowed to play a game, start a game without having completed test results back? It's so reckless and irresponsible and it's like an embarrassing mark against that ownership group of either the Devils or Binghamton or whoever it is. It doesn't matter. It's pathetic. Like it's 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 especially bad when you consider how many like we've we've had cases this year of NHL players who have gotten sick whilst dealing with the or at least uh, taking the precautions seriously from what we from what we know. Right. And like some of them have come out not only like getting testing positive anyway, uh, just because of how easy, how viral this, uh, this disease is, but like coming out of it, like very worse for wear. I think like Elia Samsonov of the caps talked about how like hit just knocked him out. He got COVID and it yep. just completely like winded him for weeks. Like he just could barely move, uh, and just could barely function for like however long he had it. Um, I mean, there was the Minnesota Wild goalie, uh, St- Alex Stalock. He also dealt with the with COVID symptoms, and I think he has a heart condition now. He developed a heart condition since then, uh, and the and uh, had to get really well cleared to play again after uh, go- after his doctors they did all the extensive testing on him. And again, these are right. guys who followed the rules. Well, yeah. the Capitals technically didn't, but I mean, I, um, I mean, technically that, uh, but I don't, um, I don't know if I agree with that whole, you can't, the four, the, the whole four players in your room can't like ever chat or anything sort of thing, especially yeah. considering they share a lot. But they can room. have, they can have Super Bowl parties where they right. hang out in a giant lobby with their that's, masks that's on. The that, main, that's, that's totally the different. Main, that's the, that's the main one, right? Like yeah. that, it's not so much like I get why they can't be in contact, but I don't get all I don't get why certain ways they are allowed to be and not versus not. I don't get that part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, and again, the NHL for the most part has done their due diligence and done it wet and done it pretty well, like as well as you can, I would say. Um, but yeah, so to have the AHL, which I get, you know, I get they're not like a billion dollar league with a bunch of money, with a bunch of just free money lying around for tests and everything. Right, but, but they have the support of it. the NHL because they know this is basically an a development only like year. So yeah. in theory, they would have the support, like financially or whatever, to do testing prior I mean, to games on their right. players. It, enough of which, I, and well, clearly they have the space to do the tests. It's just hey, 
if the tests haven't come in yet, uh, don't take the ice. It's very easy to keep them in the locker room for 30 more minutes and just not have them out and not have them yeah. go out and possibly spread it to the other team. Like it's, it's very easy not to do that. Um, yeah, believe it or not, that's very simple to accomplish. That's, that's literally, cause that's literally what the, the easy thing is here. It is like, obviously it, they, obviously their own teammates weren't going to be in trouble kind of regardless anyway. Yeah. Like, like there was, if you, there was nothing you could do to prevent from d that day to day, I don't know how long in between tests they went. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if, if it's a matter of, Hey, they've been fine this whole time and we only got a positive now, again, you just wait, just wait the 30 minutes until you get your test in. Cause it, clearly that's all it was because yeah. they were able, cause they had enough, they canceled after the first period. So clearly it was only going to be a wait of another, maybe 40 minutes. So yeah. just don't put them out on the ice. Like very easy, <laughs> very easy not to do. And now you possibly con contaminated another team. So, you yeah. know, again, was it worth it? Was it worth it for you to play that 20 minutes of a game, uh, of a game just so you didn't have to postpone your start time by a cup by an hour? Yeah. Well, speaking of contaminating uh, a team, uh, St. Louis <laughs> blues, <laughs> Signed Ooh. Jordan Bennington to Life a deal. Moment. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> a six-year, $36 million contract um, after two very, very mediocre seasons from Jordan Bennington. Uh, man, there are some contracts that get signed where you're like, man, this is going to age poorly. <laughs> this one is of one them. of them, man. Holy smokes. When I saw the middle chunk of that deal, I could not believe it. Two, like the third yeah. year is seven and a half million dollars of salary, and the fourth year is seven and a half million dollars of salary. So right. even if even if he money. continues to be crap, so if year one and two of this deal, he is still mediocre or regresses even further to being an AHL goalie, absolutely no team in their right mind is gonna trade for a seven and a half million dollar third year for a guy who is Jordan Bennington, first off, and Jordan Bennington, an AHL goalie, second off. Right. That's so, an ugly deal. I was now, laughing so hard yeah. when I saw that. Now, he's okay. So he does have a 908 this year, which isn't great, but it's also not like terrible. Like it's still, it's serviceable. It's fine. Um, then he had the 912 last year and then just got lit up by the Canucks in the playoffs. Um, his brain a bit, yeah. A little bit. Like, okay. This is what I'll say about Jordan Bennington. Uh, and I'm going to choose my words relatively carefully here. Like, so I don't think he's an <laughs> AHL. Like, I I don't think he's ever going to get to say AHL fodder. But I I will say that there were during the cup playoffs back in 2019 when they won the cup. Mm -hmm. I remember there was this huge reoccurring thing storyline with jordan bennington where they kept they were calling him like mr bounce back and like this whole like bounce back thing and like how after bad losses he's really good at having like a crazy good game afterward and i remember getting far as i as they got into like the fight like in the finals like have hearing that stat come up again after like th like the fifth or sixth time uh and them changing that set and every time i'm thinking like and i start and i started realizing like if you're having to pull this up that often, that means he's yeah. having games that tell he's bad a lot. Like he's having, he needs to bounce back from poor performances <laughs> often enough that you're pulling up a statistic to talk about how great he is in the games after that. That's yeah. a huge red flag. That's a massive red flag on a, on a goalie. 
And I, I really think that this is going to, like, he'll do fine, provided that the Blues always have a stellar defense in front of him. But if they take, I'm, I'm going to be pretty honest here. If they take a dip defensively, if the blue line in yeah. front of him ever takes any sort of dip talent wise, I would not be surprised if his numbers go right off a cliff. I think he is a goaltender that like, he's like Matt Murray in the sense that I think if you put him in front of a team that doesn't, that does a great job suppressing their, uh, the shot opportunities and, doesn't get and doesn't give up a lot of chances uh he will do fine and people like will probably hear that as me saying oh that makes him a totally completely bad goalie no that's not what i'm saying there are goaltenders who can't play as well in front of a well a super strong defense because they need a lot of shots to stay in the game and focused and in that zone there is something to there is a certain talent to being able to play for teams where you're not facing a lot of shots on a nightly basis um but it also means that if your team is not good defensively uh you're gonna get exposed quite easily and i think we've seen that this year with matt murray in ottawa we've seen very clearly what happens when you take a goalie who's not great at facing a lot of a, a lot of rubber every night and put them in front of a team that has very little defense going defensively i think jordan bennington is in the same boat i think i think that this is a bad contract for the blues and i think I think he's a 1B at best. I think Jake Allen was proven better during last year's playoffs. I think he was the better goaltender. And I get that he won you won a cup with Bennington. I get that. But uh, this was not it. This was not the place you should This was misplaced to put $6 million for the next six years on, on this guy. Because, again, you're never going to trade that. That's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And, like... Again, like I've never seen a situation where I remember the, them announcing before Game Six against the Canucks that there was that the Blues were going to start Bennington. It, it's very bad how confident I was that the Canucks were going to win that game. Yeah, like that's a, like everyone like, was like, "Oh, sweet, we won." Yeah, literally. And you know, Canucks fans, we're extremely weary of ever jinxing the team and ever <laughs> yeah. taking it and ever ever guaranteeing victory because we know this our group finds ways to screw that up but i yeah. have literally i have never seen a, a a group of fans who have who are very cur who know about curses and are very cursed in every possible way uh <laughs> more comfortable being like oh cool we won we're going to yeah. the next round it doesn't matter we've already won this game we don't yeah. have to play and immediately being just proven right like right off the right out of the gate yeah. i do not i mean putting aside the fact that he doesn't seem like all that nice to do it as it is i mean we saw the whole fake sharks <laughs> fake fight with the sharks fans he's gonna get couldn't happen million. to a nicer guy like like i mean well i mean hey 36 million dollars he gets that regardless uh he's doing just fine but uh i i don't i think the blues are really gonna come to regret this and that might be a hot take but yeah, they're I I do not think this was money you should have spent. I think this they've no. lost their mind a little bit. They've lost the plot a little bit. A little bit, but hey, it's good entertainment. I it's, it's always good, good when there's other bad contracts in the league because then it makes you feel a bit better about your team that you support. You feel uh, less as, alone. <laughs> as like as like a fan of Nashville and having watched them sign like back to back to back to back centers at way overpriced de deals uh who are at best like second line centers uh it's pretty great 
to see other teams like following suit and overpaying for guys that don't like reflect or like their skill doesn't reflect like the job they're being paid to do. Like Jacob Markstrom got the same deal and he is like legitimately like was a Vesna caliber candidate last season. And up until he got injured, he was putting Calgary on his back uh, this year. But I, I would maintain, like you said, man, a one B for sure. Like one, like what? And again, one B is still a guy who can play 20, 30 games a year, but I would not be playing yeah. him more than that. I would not no. be giving him, as many games as the Blues are absolutely about to, especially considering Jake Allen's a Canadian now. They just don't yeah. have that. Billy Huso could maybe be something. Maybe. I don't know for sure. But he sure. keeps getting lit up every start. Uh, it's uh, it's may, ugly. Then maybe not. Then maybe not. Yeah. Um, it, you, uh, It's just not a great – it's not a great call by them. I guess – if you wanted to chalk it up to anything, it would be the Stanley Cup tax for them because he won them a championship that instantly yeah, rockets a guy's value up by a fair amount. And I think that's that's un, like that's un, it's understandable why you would want to give that much money to a guy who is so key in winning you your first championship ever in the fifty plus years you've been a franchise. I do get that to to a certain extent, for sure. But this is very this is one of the contracts where i just look and i just think this is going to this is going to age poorly sooner rather than later yeah uh speaking of things aging poorly sooner than later uh you're, patrick line uh getting you're, benched your again transition game has been fantastic today well done oh, thanks man uh line man i don't i don't know what kekalainen was thinking like especially if you're sticking with your your coach towards like how would you in any on any planet think this was a match that was going to work like so line a can score and by all accounts he played a great two-way game until he got benched so it's like i loved uh pierre lebrun's tweet where he's like i have to genuinely wonder if towards is trying to get fired at this point because man like if he's playing well and by all accounts he's doing all the things that Torts would want out of his star forward, uh, then what the hell are you doing? What's going on? We, we Here we are throwing our hands up in the air over, uh, you know, a, a defenseman maybe being on the fourth line for the Canucks, but it's like, at least Green isn't scratching Quinn Hughes for the latter part of the third period because he isn't throwing enough hits or some it would, you know what you know would be a better comparable if in all the the early games that were elias petterson was just as snake bitten as he was travis green was just like oh in the final six minutes of a close game was just like uh he hasn't been scored he's been having bad luck so i'm not gonna play him that's kind of what we're dealing with here not to maybe that level of play per se or like importance because patrick line is a little bit more it, Patrick Laine is less important to the success of the Blue Jackets than, say, Elias Pettersson is to the Canucks. Like, if you, if, if you catch my drift, I'm not saying Laine is a worse player necessarily, just that his value is less important to that team than Pettersson's is to Vancouver's. Mm-hmm. Like, it's less in, it's less in, it's less of a big deal. But, I, I mean, yeah, seven games without scoring isn't a lot by most players' standards. So for you to bench him in a game where it's close. He had a golden not, assist in that game. It says, nope, he's gone seven games without, without a point. This is based on March 11th. So no, he has not scored. Um, I think that's wrong. Oh, he, oh, <laughs> well, interesting. I'm like 90% right. sure he that's wrong. Yeah. 
You are right. He did yeah. score. Oh, oh, this is based on the... Okay, so this is based on the early morning where he said his confidence is closer to zero. Uh, he had scored... He had scored... He, he had, he <laughs> oh, had well, this, this will help his confidence. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Getting scratched so after scoring and playing a good worst game. worst category. Yeah, the whole John Tortorella... He wasn't benched. He scored. Brilliant. He did score. Now he had broken his, his point streak by this point yeah. and then benched him. I don't know. Yep, it might be time for a new coach. It might be time for uh, somebody who. Uh, yeah. Because I, 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 mean, I don't the, think he. The Blue Jackets aren't going anywhere anyway. Like even with a new coach, like that team is just kind of like in a weird, awkward phase where they. Aren't... I think they could make the playoffs with a D. Like they could make that last wild card spot with a better coach. I think, or like at least a better direction. I will say because I, it. I don't think that team is so bad that they're a guaranteed miss. I think they could do decently in the right with the, if things went were going better for them, uh, particularly because they have a decent goaltending tandem in Corpusalo and Merzlikens, who I am very who I very much uh, root for. That guy actually has a personality. Um, I and Merzlikens has been injured for a while, so I don't see why you why with that goaltending tandem. Uh, you couldn't necessarily squeak your way into a fourth final spot with the right with right the right leadership and direction uh, taking you places. The the only problem is like that division is pretty loaded top at the heavy. moment. Like They're Carolina, Tampa, Florida right. has decided Florida. to be a monster. <laughs> right, I was they, gonna you're say, right. That are, like it's 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 only the titan the true yeah, titans of the sport. the true ti- titans of the sport is the Florida teams. Your Florida Panthers. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like there, the there is Black a realm, Hawks. there is a realm where Chicago like comes back to earth and Kevin Lankinen stops like backstopping them to, to glory. And Pius Suter isn't like carrying the team offensively, but that's a game. So, yeah. There, there is a, w- you're right. There Chicago is a way Black in. Hawks. I just don't think Columbus is remarkable enough to actually make it happen. I mean, that's just my opinion though. I, I don't find them. The most remarkable thing about them is they have a cannon. That's almost <laughs> the fact that makes them so dangerous is that they're not a <laughs> They have a literal <laughs> instrument no. of war in yes, their that, arena. Yes, that it's it does scare a lot of people. But yeah. I was going to say that it's almost the fact that they can kind of sneak up on you because they seem so so they don't seem like a threat at all. That mm-hmm. kind of is what makes them so dangerous is that they can just kind of sneak up on you and all, all of a sudden it's like hey how did the columbus blue jackets get six points ahead of us like that that's a thing yeah, that they fair. have definitely done before yeah. um and we'll we'll see i mean oliver bjorkstrand is their leading point getter right now which uh tells you what you need to know about the jackets as far as how good they've been this year because he's a good player but he shouldn't be their top scorer like that's yeah. not how your season should be going uh injuries yeah, exactly. have definitely played a factor i think in there uh but uh I, I I do think they it is possible if the goaltending gets hot they could potentially just like just jump in to that final spot they, they've done it before they could do it again yeah um I don't have a, I don't have a clever segue for this one but uh, the ESPN contract yes. uh they tweeted it out and then uh for whatever Undel- reason they, they deleted it and then, and then retweeted it, it again because I guess they needed early. to change a little graphic Jumped here and there. Just I think what they about. wanted to do is that their original graphic was like kind of boring. And then they released a new one that had like pictures of like ESPN plus and whatever. Da-na-na, so I guess da-na-na. made it more yeah. current with the kids. Yes. But 
I don't. The only thing I have to offer on this is that Stephen A. Smith, yes, put out that amazing <laughs> video uh, where he explained what he knew about hockey, and it was ninety nine percent fashion, and then saying the puck was black. That was so funny and i talked about the kraken i like yeah that was good too uh kraken octopus facts those were good um yes but a part of me was like man they better not have Stephen a smith doing hockey stuff because hockey people are so boring could you imagine Stephen a smith doing like an interview where he is like on like 150 percent and he asks uh tortorella or daryl sutter a question about the playoffs and they're like Oh, I thought we did good. Uh, put pucks in deep. And Stephen A. Smith is like, yeah, but but what are you guys that, gonna do about that's, this? That's like, why it's so great. That's why but, this is great. Literally, this like already like I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, Stephen A. Smith just talking about hockey for five minutes, proving he doesn't know much about the sport <laughs> already, as is so much better in terms of promoting the NHL. Oh, one hundred percent. Anything that NBC has done over the past, uh, however many years they've been in charge, and that's For not sure. a knock necessarily at the hardworking people behind the scenes who have done a lot. Who have done oh, a lot. it and is. It undeni- definitely is. No, because undeniably they have them. grown. The they undeni- you can't deny the fact the key that grip the the key that grip the ratings on... have taken a hu- have jumped up by a massive amount since nbc since nbc from when nbc got the rights to when they to when they're giving them up now that's undeniable the numbers have definitely shot way up from there so they deserve that credit but and but again i think they like i said last time i think they fell into the rhythm of hey yeah we have have the rights when we have nobody else competing with us for hockey for hockey viewership we yeah. don't have to do necessarily as much thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Oh, we so, don't have to try. Sick. Yeah. Uh, so ES for ESPN to literally just come out with again, they don't have they will not show a single game until October. Just coming out guns a blazing and having their guys who their most famous personalities start just going off about the NHL. That's huge. Like that's yeah. a huge deal. And that deserves uh, that deserves some credit, and I'm excited to see what happens when Stephen A. Smith actually gets to talk about game-to-game stuff about the about the NHL. I'm excited to see what Katie Nolan does now that she gets to talk more about hockey than she did before, because she already did talk a decent amount about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do, uh, what they'll be able to do if they get the Winter Classic. Like, that's a big thing to think about here, is like, they already do the NBA Christmas games up so big. Just wait until they get their hands on the big outdoor game on New Year's Day. I don't actually know if that's part of the the package here because they did not mention that specifically by name. They didn't mention the right. outdoor games. But I imagine they said plus other special events here in the official uh, package. So I imagine that includes it because remember, no one else besides NBC uh, in the States has ever had the broadcasting rights to one of the outdoor games. So that's right. new. That's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. And I believe that was created like in conjunction with NBC. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when a new broadcaster, specifically one that is pretty good about going big, going big on the, the one night events and everything mm. on the major events, if they just do it up huge. Um, so, and just to give people a little bit of insight into what the package is, just like, uh, basically this is press release fodder, but it is interesting. 
Um, ESPN, ABC and ESPN will show 25 regular season games on national telecasts. Um, opening night games, the NHL All-Star Game, and the NHL All-Star Skills Competition, as well as half the playoffs, one conference final series, and then four out of the next seven uh, cup finals. Um, that Now, that 25 does sound small, and that is especially when you compare it to the 100 games that the NBA plays uh, on, on ESPN nationally televised, but... Uh, what's interesting is in here is that there is also an additional 75 national games, which you'll only be able to get, which will be produced by ESPN like a normal broadcast, but you'll only be able to get those, uh, through ESPN plus and Hulu, which are their two, like the two major streaming platforms that Disney owns besides Disney plus. Usually those right. are, you can also buy those in a bundle. They usually, I believe you can get those like bundled as like a three group package. Um, and also NHL TV will be, uh, moving over completely to ESPN plus. So if you want those, yeah, that's so the technically big one. that's huge because not, that means literally the price of your, uh, uh, unless it's going to cost an extra amount, which it doesn't, I don't think it does, uh, yeah. cause it says it's exclusively part of an ESPN plus subscription. Hey, and us viewers, your, your, uh, your ES, your NHL package just went from 25 bucks a month down to five, which is massive. Yeah. Like that's a big deal for the NHL in terms of how many more people they could potentially get streaming their games, uh, right? Compared to before, um, honestly, there's nothing to hate about this. Like this is a great move for the league. I the the I guess if you had to quibble with anything, it's that so many games are going to be contingent on people buying that streaming service, which they might not already have. Yeah, but, that's but, a big risk or gamble, but. I, I love this. Like, again, this is why I'm wearing the jersey today. Like, this is the cross-promotion opportunities that the NHL is going to get now that they're not only with ESPN, who is uh, done who does such a great job at really building up the importance and portfolio of the sports leagues that they broadcast, but also the fact that now you technically have, like, people behind the scenes at Disney who are going to be able to do a lot for your sport. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, the NBA legitimately has a has an attraction at, Dis at the downtown Disney district in Disney World now. Like, they have, like, their own big, like, literally it's like a big stadium they have there that's, like, its own, like, like event and experience sort of thing just for the oh, NBA shit. because they have that broadcast opportunity. Who's oh, to yeah. say that couldn't necessarily the NHL couldn't get that treat that kind of treatment down the line if things right. go well? That's the kind of opportunities that something like this just blows wide open. And yeah. I really think you could see an era where the NHL suddenly really figures out how to market their players, which is something <laughs> that they've desperately struggled with. I yeah. think with ESPN here you're going to see all them do a whole lot better job at marketing the individual stars, particularly uh, the American born ones. Like I've long argued that it's such a shame that the Canucks don't get on NBC more often, not because I get that they're a Canadian team and I get that for the most part over the last few years, they haven't been good, but <laughs> for them, not for them not Big to get on there. American television when they have Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser, two of the best American born players in the game right now. Like that's yeah. a huge miss. Like that's a complete miss of how many more, how many storylines and different uh, like cross, like cross promotion and marketing you could be doing in the Amer in America 
I think you're going to see the Canucks get on television uh, under ESPN and whoever that second team, that second uh, broadcaster that comes in. I think you're going to see them get a lot more notice from uh, because just because of the fact that they have Hughes and Besser uh, out there and they could do so much with that with that in like intermissions and with like advertising for those games and not i know i'm going on a huge tangent right now because literally i'm thinking of all you sure are bud yeah because like like okay uh what like i talked to one of my buddies who works in sports media in the states and he talked about like how one of the reasons he doesn't watch hockey as much is just because it's not as readily available because it's only been on nbc for so many years or uh for him the sharks games on uh nbc sports on nbc california sports california um, now that they're going to be on NBC on ESPN and the second mark on a second uh, platform so often, uh, it's not just him that's going to be getting more like the NHL throat put in front of him more often. It even comes to like the little things where now you have the opportunity where say like LeBron James, like a LeBron James LA Lakers game uh, in during that game, there's going to be an advertisement for the NHL on ESPN. That's going to happen multiple times during the season where you're going to, they're going to, where people watching basketball or baseball or football on a major network are going to have, get to, are going to get like commercials for NHL games later that week. And they might go and check it out because they'll see Connor McDavid playing, uh, who knows, like Crosby or Ovechkin, right? That, that in itself could bring a whole other group of people to the sport that might have not watched before. And that's going to be great because there are so many, again, I maintain there have been so many missed opportunities in the States to grow it, to grow the sport uh, in terms of broadcasting uh, it's, it's reach. And I think we're going to see by the time this contract ends, this seven year contract ends uh, hockey's reach in terms of marketing and media is going to be like, just shoot, just straight up. If you, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, other things that were going to help that too is uh, Gary Bettman had like his little uh, like press conference thing too, where he announced a bunch of like kind of things to look forward to for the seasons to come. Basically yeah. uh, part of that was helmet ads were staying. So like you have like, your seven year deal and right now it's pretty much just arenas advertising on them sell on their helmets. But Moving forward, knowing that there's an e- like a giant ESPN deal, which is huge for uh, U.S. networks, like you have to think that this is going to be like way a more money in the, in the in the at the hands of the owners, and then by extension into the players' pockets too. Yeah. Asterisk being Gary had said that because of how much of a hit they were taking this year due to COVID, that the the compromise would be the next three to four years would be a flat salary cap or near flat salary cap, which is, I have, so I have to imagine that that's kind of uh, a more of a, that look like, again, Gary Bettman's was a lawyer started as a lawyer. I feel like that's his, we're preparing you all for the worst because uh, specifically because uh, it could in theory get better. I just don't see how because i don't see how it's possible that they would go that long with a flat cap i just don't think they would i think you will see the cap rise i think he's more just getting i just think it's more of a we're not going to get your hopes up about it because it could play out that way right um but i uh because it could play out that way 
so I think he's just tempering expectations. I do think the it's, cap will rise within that time. I think he's just it probably will, just not you. like a lot. And like you said, right. it's probably like a like our projections say that the next four years are probably they're not going to see like a four million year over year increase of the salary cap. We That's might see four million down. up total over the next four years. So technically, it's not really moving up, but it'll be enough that you know some teams like I don't know have to get to include like increase their player personnel budget but and he's always uh, been the type to to hedge on the side of caution like i think in the years prior to they had said oh the next salary cap uh might go up six million but it might not go up at all just because we don't know what the next tv deal is going to look like and then it announced it went from like 79 and a half to 81 and a half and that was it so he always errs on the side of caution Right. And as far as the helmet ads are concerned, um, honestly, like, I'm totally fine with this. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't even like, notice him on the ice. Li- I if you do, gonna, you're. I was literally going to ask you, like, honestly, for all the fuss that people made about the whole, oh, but tradition and, like, you, you can't put ads, you can't, you can't do this on the helmets because it's set, it's sacred and stuff. It's so dumb. Like, <laughs> like for the help, like if you want to get mad, like when they start trying to put the ads on the jerseys, I see that. I see the anger there. Sure. But the helmets, literally, I have not noticed. I have no. not noticed at all a different. Like I, I honestly forget all the time when I'm watching the game. I'll see the the Rogers would be like, oh yeah, they're doing that. Like I just forget because it's so it's so unnoticeable. It it it, it it's seamless because again they've done a pretty decent job at. We're not going to put colors that don't match your uniform on the jersey on your helmet unless it's like, say, like a white, you're wearing a white helmet and you're, the, their normal logo happens to be red, which I think was the case with the Canucks. Even right. then, you don't really notice. So, hey, if that, if, if it pays the bills, I could care, uh, and it keeps them from putting ads on the, on the jerseys, I could care less. I could care less about yeah. the helmet ads. The helmet Go ads, like it. you, you genuinely do not notice them. Like yeah. even when uh, is a bad thing to say uh, if we're trying to convince com- big companies to pay for those ads, but like right, like, but at the same not? time, like you genuinely, who is actually when they do a zoom in to like a player on ice, are you gravitating to looking at a person's helmet to say, oh look, there's an ad for Rogers Arena or Rogers yeah. Mobile? I've yeah. never heard of them before. I better look them up. Like and- it's. It's and a negligible even, amount. And even when you do notice, is it really detracting from your overall hockey no, viewing experience? No, not at all. Unless you exactly. genuinely like really have some bizarre attachment to the helmets. attachment to the helmets there's or all, hatred all, of advertising in general. Which, like, I get that. Like, if, like if you're that, really anti-advertisements, I get that. You weren't going like to like anything. You weren't going to. Yeah, like then you mu- then you must hate you everything like, in the world because the world is nothing but advertisements for the things. The boards had ads. The that's ice it. has ads. Like they're everywhere. Yeah, it's, that's it's, life. I mean, hell, the broadcasts are advertised the entire time, right? Yeah. Like, Everything like, is presented by or sp- sponsored by something. The like, helmets already had had ads on them. It was just that they happened to be the yeah. helmet maker. So the helmet, like CCM or Bauer, like those were always there. Yeah, the I, helmet I, ads are no less irritating than uh, each se- intermission segment being brought to you by overweighty foods 
right uh you know bread and bread and butter division you know what i mean and it like, also it kind of seems to hold this idea and also when people are like that it kind of seems to hold this idea that oh for like that's advertising but say the canucks putting a look putting logos on things that's not advertising like what even though it totally is like you're advertising yeah, yeah. a that's a brand the canucks and any nhl team they're a brand so they do so you're going to see them on other on them on do put their logos on other things like mm -hmm. that just that just how it is again i maintain that they shouldn't put ads on the jerseys because i think the jerseys do have a little bit of a sacred aspect to them a little bit like and uh, also some some jerseys genuinely like i don't know if you've ever seen uh the vaiho lakers uh jerseys they're, they're just like they're NASCAR. They're not bad though. Like aesthetically, they look okay because the color schemes kind of mesh. Right. But like you know, like from NASCAR and from like other like just like general American style advertisements, there's no cohesive theme or branding to everything. So it would look like a disaster seeing right. like a Wild Wing jersey that has a bright yellow M and then yeah. like a red and blue Pepsi sign on the other sh right. shoulder. You know what I mean? Like it just like aesthetically, it would look ugly if they couldn't make it mesh yeah the problem for for a lot of Amer for a lot of i guess i would say mostly american viewers is that their biggest point of reference on ads is nascar where right they just where they're just like it's just decked like it's just decked out in ads they don't there there's no matching of them or like the car will be completely the will be themed to one specific ad company with a bunch of other ads that don't match like sprinkled all across it right uh, so I think that's probably why I think a lot of people just see that as the point of reference. Cause again, yeah, if you're telling me you want to turn an NHL player into looking like a NASCAR, yeah, I would recoil at that. But like, even like the NBA, for example, they have ads on their jerseys now, but yeah. they do it by their rules where they're like, okay, if you're going to put it on our Jersey, you have to match our colors. Like that's a non, that's non-negotiable. It has to absolutely look like more or less. It has to look, it has to look com like it does like it like it belongs on that uniform um i think like only like the few exceptions are being like where like harley davidson i think is the advertiser for the bucks and they don't for like the milwaukee bucks and i don't think mm -hmm. they changed their colors there uh but for the most part they have done it uh the, they they have like like ge i think was the sponsor for the boston celtics for a very long time and even though their colors are blue i think they changed them to green on these on the celtics uniform yeah that's so fair. that's nice yeah yeah, and that's fine. If you're gonna do it tastefully, like and as long as it's tasteful and it's minimal, like, like I could, I'm, I can more or less be fine with it. Like, if you said, yeah. told me, oh, we're gonna put like an ad like right here on the arm, like where they did those NHL 100 uh, bands, like a few yeah, ago, yeah, right, sure, okay, like that's yeah. like it's small, it doesn't detract. Just, just don't sure, have the not? Vancouver Orca and then blow it in big block letters, Volvo. You know yeah, what I mean? Volvo. Who would who would Sob. do that? I guess it would it would be Rogers or something, wouldn't yeah. it? it? I'm would just picturing like the shittiest like car brand. No offense oh, to anyone hey, who's a Saab. Volvo. Hey, Volvo. Volvo are, are actually notoriously I've, fantastic. I've heard they're very safe. good to have, but I I'm always mad when I go onto their uh website to look for a car and find out that they are very expensive. So Tesla. Yeah. Elon yeah, Musk yeah. starts showing up at Canucks games. <laughs> a Tesla, a Tesla logo would look pretty cool because you could make that any color and just get the T. Like, ah, that's all right. Yeah, I guess there. I guess for now, I guess the Canucks sponsor right now for cars is Toyota, so it'd be a Toyota logo if anything. Uh, yeah, but yeah. But then that say? would just confuse people with the Dallas Stars old Mooderous logo. You know what I'm talking nah, about? Nah, would it? I don't think so. Yeah, because the Toyota. Think. 
isn't it? Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't look close thing. enough. It doesn't look close enough. I'll tell you. Maybe that. I just got Mooderous on the. Brain. I see where you're getting. I see where you're coming from, but <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think it's close enough. Yeah, um, and one of the other things Batman talked about in that press conference was uh, the old divisions coming back, and like, I mean. I mean, we knew that was coming. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna, <laughs> don't think anyone was like, oh, the Canadian division's here to stay. Like, no. But, uh, but like, I will, I'll, I'll say, like, I'm honestly, like, I, I, in a way, I can't wait until they come back. Cause honestly, I'm getting sick and tired of playing the same teams over and over again. Like, I knew, and I yeah. knew that was gonna be a thing. Like, I knew I was gonna get fatigued it's... watching only six other teams play each other over and over and over again. If I'm being completely honest, like, I'm okay with it because there's still enough variety. Like a division of seven teams is enough variety. Like that you don't notice that they're keep, they keep playing each other. Like my comparison, my baseline right now is the Utica Comets division. It is Syracuse, Rochester, and then they have Syracuse and Rochester again, then Syracuse and Rochester, then Rochester, Syracuse. (laughs) Oh, and then there's a game against Binghamton and Providence uh, twice across a 48 game schedule. So it's two teams every single weekend. That's it. And so, okay, but if that's as far like like, comparing that though, that's like the as very lacking in diversity as the Canucks in the Canadian division schedule is, it is not as bad as it could be because the AHL schedule is tough to watch. It it definitely could be worse, but that's already saying that it's not great as it goes because I I maintain that variety as far as an NHL schedule is concerned is great. Uh, I, 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 I loathe the era where like, like say Sidney Crosby would only come to Vancouver once every like three, four years. Like yeah. that was like that's such a disaster for marketing your sport. Like yeah, again, yeah. if you you absolutely should have every team going to every building at least once a year. Like I and I understand what that does for travel and what that does mm-hmm. for uh maybe the fatigue of the players a little bit, but you can't market a sport properly when one of the best players in the world only visits like half the league once every every like 3 years. You can't yeah. do it properly. Like that's 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 a missed opportunity what was it last year too where it was like crosby was supposed to come into town and he was injured or something so nobody even saw him play it was him or someone else like ovechkin or something like that but like that's that's like that's the kind of crappy thing about like the east west divide right it's right you want to see those stars but like it just never happens Right, but that any, but like I mean, that's that that just happens sometimes, right? Like, cause I mean, you can't you can't realistically go, okay, we're gonna play every team an even amount of times, especially when you have a league divided by division. You do have to right. weigh it out so that your division games matter more than others, because right. otherwise it would just be a complete hodgepodge mess. Yeah. But and but I guess we're hearing now that old that uh, divisions might there is they are leaning towards the idea of having more division divisional interdivisional games. Which mm-hmm. I am fine with. Like I'm fine with the idea of having more games played within your division, but as long as it doesn't take away from the games you play specifically against, like where it, as long as it doesn't mean that like two teams that you normally play you now don't play until next season or the year after, because that's the one right. thing that they they need to absolutely maintain a schedule where you play every team at least twice a year. That needs to be 
still yeah. part of the equation because it, it it your league can't do its own marketing and its own job of uh showcasing its players properly if they're only playing if they're not playing each other enough i think that's how it goes um yeah, fair and uh and uh there, there was one other thing i wanted to say in regards to the divisions also oh i remember it was that it's going to be i will say especially for the for the canucks like yeah it's gonna suck being out of the canadian division like playing not playing those cool teams every night the like that cool group of teams but look at it this way next year the canucks are about to get the absolute benefit of getting arizona kicked out into the central division uh yeah. in favor of seattle which is a huge like that's gonna be that's amazing. a huge freebie man like it's it's the not only do you now finally have a geographical rival a proper geographical rival after 51 years yeah. uh but you also get to kick out the most boring team in the division uh just like just drop kick them into the central i can't like i'm literally like here can i pack your bags for you please yeah. get out i hate i hate having yeah. to play the coyotes seven well, or eight times them and anaheim like anaheim has been dreadful for just for like years too so they'll be the default boring team provide like but even provided seattle is fun compared to the coyotes but yeah coyotes hockey is oh, just oh my god gagging with a spoon it's so bad it's yeah. it's so like literally those are the like those are the one i watch every canucks game every year every time i see that canucks coyotes matchup pop up on my screen i go uh, do I really want to sit through this? Like, I like I really like weigh my options out. Do I have something better going on? And gener- and always the answer is no, because I'm boring. <laughs> but that's literally like every time I recoil when I see that. I'm so yeah. glad I don't. I only have to see the Coyotes maybe twice or three times a year. Oh, such a saving grace. Yeah. Um, and I guess speaking of that as well, um, this is the first, this is the first, uh, we, you already mentioned that this was the one year anniversary of like the world just coming to a grinding screeching halt. I did yeah. want to ask you, I don't think we talked about this in the last episode. Where were, do you remember what you were doing during that whole, that day, like the day that Rudy Gobert tested positive and everything? I'm, what, I'm pretty and, sure I was just sitting at work. That's all. <laughs> like yep, there was nothing it. really special about it. There was obviously like because in my business i do a lot of uh like logistic stuff getting stuff from china to here and there was like obviously a lot of grave concern about bringing stuff over on boats and uh of course then they i saw the rudy gobert thing and i was like well that's gonna backfire and then like sure enough that morning when they were like yeah uh he's tested positive so everything's going to hell um and then but for me what happened was a couple, like a week later, two weeks later, uh, my wife was at that dental conference downtown that had oh. the big breakout. Oh no! Uh, she for, like fortunately, her and her entire company like was down there, and not a single one of them tested positive. But but y'all, uh, unfortunately, like a one of the dentists that did catch COVID and die from it, who was like a really young guy, like thirty something years old, yeah. he was like like slightly affiliated with them, like their like companies like parents worked for both of them Mm -hmm. uh so yeah like dodged a huge bullet but like the following weeks after like the world shut down uh my wife and i had to go into quarantine for the two weeks and it was so dicey man because like you couldn't go grocery shopping safely you couldn't do anything i was basically getting my mom to drop off food outside of my patio for the two weeks yeah and shout shout out to mom 
Shout yeah. out to moms. Shout out to moms. Everywhere. Shout out to all parents. They're, Shout out to moms you're, that you're, are you're good. Golden. Yeah. yeah. You're all neat. Yeah. You're all, I just think they're neat. Uh, I just think that, yeah. I, <laughs> an aside to our, our aside, uh, a long time ago, uh, someone had wrote a comment on Reddit that was like, I don't know why, but I just think Arizona's neat. So I modified, I photoshopped a picture of Marge holding the Arizona coyote's head, thinking, <laughs> I just think they're neat. But I don't yeah, think they're neat. That's, I, that's, I, I think their I jerseys think they're are neat. I don't think they're, I don't think the rest of them is. Um, but yeah. I guess speaking of the coyotes in that regard, like, cause um, that I, I've definitely told this story on the show before, but uh, the, on the, that whole day, on that day, I had, uh, I believe I had the day off from work or, yes. or something where I'd gotten home. I'd gotten home at least and was going to record the, the show uh, with, uh, I was going to have Kat Silverman on uh, as a guest because we were going to set up the Coyotes Canucks game that the mm-hmm. next day in, in Arizona. Um, and literally right as, and like the Rudy Gobert news had already come through. Yeah. Uh, and then once we were on the call, like we were chatting, doing the pre the pre show setup and everything. Uh, that's when the NBA dropped the we have suspended the season, and it's yeah. like oh, and we we're oh, and we gotta were go, like, <laughs> and we were just like well, and and, and she has a kid and everything, so she was yeah. like you know obviously had some other more important pressing issues to to look after at the time, um, and it, but it was just like um. Maybe we'll record tomorrow and talk about uh, how th- this game that probably didn't happen. Um, yeah. And then we just actually, we ended up never being able to get around to recording that episode. Uh, I do want to have her on at some point. I've been saying that for a year. Uh, <laughs> that I want to get her on again at, at some point. There just hasn't been a reason to because the Coyotes, again, don't, we're not playing them this year. And we haven't played yeah. them in a year. Um, but but um i remember watching hockey that night i mean because all the games the nhl games that night finished and i remember watching like i remember there's like because everybody including the nba at the time was saying oh it's going to be 30 days we're going to be back in like a month or something right but um i had actually been listening to like a couple podcasts who've been following all the covid stuff uh like some not some non-hockey podcasts following the covid stuff and say and talking about like at the time like back in like january like guys i don't think like the host was like guys i don't think we're making a big enough deal about this coronavirus thing i think we need to be more concerned about this right um and sure enough uh yeah. so i kind of had a more i was kind of more prepared for what was going to happen like mentally right. and i remember watching the kings and senators game that night because it was the last game of the night and just thinking like uh definite like uh take this in because you will probably not watch hockey again for right. months for a long long time and sure enough not until july august uh like that it was a lot like i knew that was going to be a long time before i saw a game again and fast forward to now i mean haven't been back to the rink since um it's that's and i said this i said this recently like i miss going to games so much i miss i miss being at the rink i miss being with 20 being with 20,000 of your best friends who you who you've never met before at an at a Canucks game or just doing my doing media stuff I miss all those things so so much and uh, I can't wait to get back to that because honestly it's 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 therapeutic it's therapeutic for me hockey is a is a good escape from the world from the world from the shitty world we live in (laughs) and as far as like work is concerned and everything like I really I really cherish those mo- those moments where I get to sit and that and my office is is a rink for the night it's very relaxing and it really puts me at ease uh so to not be back in so long is really uh it's taken it's taken its toll it's taken its toll for sure and I can't wait to uh to get back at some point 
Same here, man. Uh, almost done with it. Uh, vaccines coming. Think Trudeau announced there's like a million doses coming every single week from march 22nd until may so those are good signs promising signs um Um, did you want to touch on the draft stuff before we go no because they didn't go through with it so who cares okay okay all right but anyways that's maybe they'll maybe the draft thing will change and we'll have something to talk about for our next episode but until then folks uh we hope you enjoyed this episode uh it wasn't nearly as depressing as i thought it would be because of how shitty the team played but we found a covered a lot we found we we're, we're finally finding instead of making every show as depressing as Cody wants it to be, yeah, uh, we're as finding much a as way to make it as more positive and enter- as fun as I yeah. want it to be. So. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I also had a sh- I also had a shit ton of sugar before we started this because I wanted to uh, get through the episode as fast as possible so I could uh, surprise my wife uh, before she gets home from work. And uh, <laughs> so until then, though. I thought it was a pretty good episode. A lot of laughs. And it's really nice to have a lot of laughs, you know? I appreciate those. Some laughs killed some time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting service. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, too. Like, we upload the whole podcast in video format, and, like, I'm not doing my hair for nothing. So, please, like, give give it a look. Share it with your friends and family who are Canuck fans. He didn't grow that terrible mustache for for himself. Yeah, please. Somebody else other than my wife appreciate the must the duster I grew for that yeah. like good like week that was it uh total aside though like it came in like my beard came in all at the same time and it was really bristly and oh. like I developed oh, like this worst. huge rash because of my uh uh mask and so like oh, yeah. all it was just like bright red for like four days oh. yeah. because of how itchy it was oh it was brutal the masks but, and the beard don't and beard yeah do they not do not I, i'm shaving a lot more all. frequently than i used than i would <laughs> than i used to because of the masks uh yeah. the mask and everything fair but anyways guys if you liked what you heard tonight uh or sorry today whenever this episode's released uh make sure to check us out then we also have a patron that we're trying to put more effort into uh that's on me. I get so sidetracked with all of my stats and my Utica work, and I kind of leave Lachlan high and dry. But the yes, stuff is coming. How dare you be busy? This how is dare all you on have me. A full schedule. That's my bad. Uh, but yeah, we have a, gr- a great patron. Uh, Lachlan's always putting out content. He's got his uh, power rankings that he that he throws up there all the time, and they're like really funny. The the last one with the Canuck or the uh, yeah, it was the Canucks. It was like it was like kind of like a oh like depressing moment and it was like yeah. really funny but like yeah you guys gotta check it out it's good content <laughs> uh, yes um it's all by, about, by it's lachlan all about- a coffee he puts a lot of effort into the editing these episodes and putting in content for you patron oh, subscribers yeah guy's a champ guy's a hero uh until then folks uh where can they find you lachlan you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, oh man, I've forgotten Facebook at Lock of the Crease. <laughs> I had done those so seamlessly and totally just blew it on this one. Uh, <laughs> and then you can check out my work at lockinthecrease.com where I post those uh, North Division power rankings every single Sunday and sometimes a feature or two. Who knows? Uh, Cody, what about you? Uh, the fine folks can find me on Twitter at Cody Sievertson, and you can find my work at cometsharvest.com. I'm also now on Instagram at the Comets Harvest. Uh, I figured I'd uh, try to look somewhat professional and have different social media accounts for my 
uh, website. Lots of ba- I will lots probably of selfies. lots of bathroom selfies on. There. Yeah, it's just pictures like, of my cat. That's all. You're like, it is. or it's like you holding your stat sheets. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah like, that's yeah. actually a good call. I can start doing that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, ideas guy. What can I say? Yeah. Until then, folks. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We'll catch you guys for our next Tuesday episode when we will have recaps of the Canucks games against whoever they're playing and whoever Edmonton they're playing. And Ottawa. Thank you. Till then, folks. Bye. Bye.